Hey there, and welcome to the Good Kind Podcast. At Good Kind, we are all about helping people cultivate the good kind of habits and holiday practices that allow them to engage with God and one another throughout the year. To learn more about us and the products we make, go to www.goodkind.shop and follow us on social media. We hope you enjoy today's episode of the Good Kind Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Good Kind Podcast. My name is Clayton Green, and I'm here chuckling a little bit with my friends Chris Papalardo and Amy Cavanaugh. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah, you said the word thing. <laughs> Good one. All right, thank you for being here with us this morning. I say us like I'm with the people listening, but we're all here <laughs> together to have a conversation. We're all together. About yeah. spiritual practice. We're starting a new series. Uh, it's a series because we're going to do it monthly where we're going to talk about spiritual practices, and we are going to try to make spiritual practices easier than we think they have to be. Mm. We're going to talk big about what the spiritual practice should be. We're going to talk about what the expectations are, we're talking about books that we have read. We're going to talk about silly things that we've done and trying to do the spiritual practice, and we're going to deduce it all back down at the end to try to say, what's the starting point? Where can we begin, maybe even in less than five minutes, in order to get to a place of beginning a spiritual practice because we feel like if you can start doing something and continue doing it that over the long time long term it's going to have a huge impact that's our that's our theory of spiritual practice and formation right chris yeah yeah and it's not something new i think that we've come up with but just the idea that if we if we try to imagine somebody praying for five minutes a day over the course of 30 years yeah, that's and a, compare that to somebody praying for two hours a day for a couple of weeks. I think we all know which one we would choose. We yeah, want yeah. that long haul kind of Christianity. Well, it, and it's, it's weird to make the analogy between spiritual practice and finances, but <laughs> bear with me. Um, yeah, I'm Compounding tracking. interest, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. that's why you're a financial advisor or the blog you read or however, <laughs> wherever you've heard it. Says like the sooner you can start saving, the better it is because yeah. over even the if it's small. yes, even, even if, if it's very small, small, do something right. and do it regularly because if you do that, it's going to grow. And I think that's what ends up happening with spiritual practice as well. So we're gonna talk today specifically about Sabbath. Okay, all right. That's that's where we're starting um, because jumping it's, into the deep end. Well, jumping into the deep end, but it feels like uh, you know <laughs> that it's it's all the rage. Like people talk a lot about it. But it actually seems to be one of the hardest to actually do. Yes. So, so people want to do it. Right. But they, but actually getting into the cadence of actually pausing, sit, oh, it's, I can't even, it's hard to even talk about it because it seems very hard. So we need to figure out how to make it easier than you think. Well, I think everybody wants rest, right? Like it's right. pretty That's easy to sell yes. Sabbath as an idea when you sell it as, oh, an, like an invitation to rest. Wouldn't like, yeah. Like oh, I need that. that. Yeah. But then, you move so quickly, it almost feels like a bait and switch from, oh, this is going to give me rest to, oh, wait, this actually sounds like a lot of work. Sounds hard. And it sounds really hard and really <laughs> nebulous, and yeah. I don't even know if I know We're what this is. We're doing it wrong. We're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah, there's some there's some there's something that we've got to figure out here. Um, my best experience with Sabbath is probably during the pandemic where work came home for everyone, hmm. almost everyone. Yeah, except the, the essential workers who are out there. yes. Yeah, putting their lives on the line. Exactly. For us, for us, Thanks for remembering those people. Just, yeah, no, <laughs> my fault. I didn't mean it. Was sounded like a little bit more of a barb than I meant it to. Well, I'm just but, saying we had yeah for us white collar people, we brought it home. We we're doing the work from home thing. So sometimes, with, yeah. sometimes with Sabbath, I feel like there one of the difficulties is what is work, what is not work. 
Yes. Right. So I have to stop work. So what is work? What does not work? And when when that happened, we had school at home, we had work at home, and because I was helping with school, I had to do more work in odd times than yes. in just the typical mm-hmm. I'm away from home and I'm back at home and work was away from home. And so because it was all encompassing and around, I had I re- remember having this to-do list. I, I still use a legal pad for a lot of my to-do lists, but I, that thing was always with me, and I always felt like I needed to be doing something or catching up on something uh-huh. because some of my work time, my productivity time was being taken up by something that I didn't want it to be taken up by. Anyway, it was a problem. You remember, right? Uh, yeah. So I remember having putting that away in a locked place Wow. D- during – during the pandemic, and feeling the relief of not having the pressure of doing something that was on that list. That, for me, was a moment where I was like, ah, okay. I'm beginning to understand what this thing is supposed to be like. Chris, was I doing it right? What is... What is Sabbath, and, yeah. and why why is it so hard? Why 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 was I doing it correctly then? What's the whole deal with this? I just think it's fascinating that it took that extreme of a circumstance for you to wrestle with those questions because I yeah. felt a similar sort of thing, where yeah, I'm part of me is watching the kids, part of me is trying to track with these Zoom meetings. I feel like I'm really doing both pretty terribly, but you're squeezing all this stuff in at the margins, and so I I did a similar. It wasn't the same practice for me, but I did the same thing where I needed a clean break because it was all there. I was like, if I don't have the break, then this place I live, which is now my, my, this whole house is my office. Work will feel like all of life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was a walk at the end of the day. So when I decided Uh, the work day is over, I needed, I did something with the environment. You marked it. To cue it, to say like, all right. And I did, I also put those things away, put my computer away, put my bag in the closet. But I also just, even it was just two minutes, walk outside (laughs) up the street and back. And I'm like, okay, and now I'm returning home at the end of my work day. I'm doing air quotes, which you guys can see and <laughs> many other people can't. Work day's over. I'm here. So, um, so I, Amy, have you had, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Did you have a similar experience trying to figure out the lines between work and rest during the pandemic? Time? Yeah, a little bit. I read something, um, you might've even sent it to me, Chris, talking about your workly, your work, day shut down ritual that's right that's right yes and how you have to do something physically to your workspace yes so for you instead of going for a walk um that sounds great i just made a habit of closing out every single tab and there were sometimes hundreds (laughs) on every single browser window right and physically shutting my computer Um, wait 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 you did it one by one rather than just going to the master one and just shutting the whole thing down Yes. Oh, like as like a practice for I'm like. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm done oh. with this. I'm done with this. She was mentally yeah. leaving as she clicked all of them. And good. I still yeah. do that every day. When I'm done working, click, 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 click. This is finished. This is finished. Goodbye, goodbye. If I have oh, I like browsers up for and like And if you don't have the drive, things. if you don't have a drive yeah. to do it, 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 you need something to make that happen. Yeah. And then the closing of the computer is like that. We're done. Crunch. You hear that? It yep. feels so good, by the way, yeah. to just like slam your computer shut. So, oh, wow. That's, I mean, not in dangerous. anger, not in anger, but just it is satisfying. Yeah. yeah. I had a professor in college who talked about the stapler feeling uh, with uh, papers mm. that like once you've done all this work, the the thing that brings you the satisfaction is after you've printed it off. This is a different era. But after you've printed it off, you crunch the staple in the top left corner and that yeah. signals I've done it. I'm done. And there's just something gratifying about the physical. Yeah. So. Uh, there's like a couple of different as I did it, but you you know, 
So we, that's better. We, we we've yet to get to the place here of Sabbath. You still want to know what Sabbath is? No, but we're I still talking about staple sounds like marking a beginning and an end. Though uh, our friend Daniel Pink talks about this in his book When. Yes. Uh, our friends uh, Chip and Dan Heath. Neither one of these people are our friends. Uh, these they, are friends I wish in the loosest wow. sense of the word, and that they're, we know their names. Yeah, in their book, uh, <laughs> meaningful moment. Power of moments. Power of moments. Yeah. <laughs> Meaningful moment challenge is our thing. Power of moments is their thing. Uh, they talk about beginnings and ends as yeah. well. In change management, they talk about beginnings and ends. So, anyway, so that was a thing for you was the yeah. walk. For me, it was locking something, the work away. So like, so what is Sabbath and are we getting close here? I think we're getting close. The Sabbath practice, this you know, goes back, the, the Jews were the ones that practiced it first. Christians inherited this practice from them, obviously, there's a lot of overlap between Judaism and Christianity. And if you look obviously, at their practice, the Old Testament, right? Yeah, but. it's a very. I've actually, Lottie and I have been talking about this a lot recently. Um, a number of her friends in her class are Jewish, and so yeah. she's wrestling with what are the differences here. Okay. So, fast. We'll have another conversation offline about all that because I think it's really interesting. But um, you know, the Jewish practice of Sabbath would always begin with a meal, and like that, it's a very very clear start to clear it. Clear marker. You're doing all these things mm-hmm. to prepare for it, and you start the Sabbath celebration. This is a key piece that it's celebratory mm-hmm. um, with a meal. So instead of, we think of Sabbath, I think primarily in the negative terms. Stop working. I need to put this thing away, stop doing this. And right. there's a that is huge to it, but the, the Jewish practice of it, I, I think, is a little bit healthier and closer to the, you know, the core nugget of what it's supposed to be is we are stopping, but we are stopping by means of coming together and sharing this meal. So there's a very clear, uh, particularly start to that rest period, which is some of what we've talked about, right? Like how do I put those other things away and say, all right, now, now I'm in the restful present family moment. Yeah. But where do we go wrong is my question, right? Sabbath is celebration. I've learned that from you. And I love thinking of Sabbath as celebration. It is very helpful mental exercise for me because before thinking, Sabbath is celebration. Mm-hmm. I would think Sabbath is not working. Sabbath is yes. not getting ahead. Sabbath is so, but it's very hard to determine what is work, what is not work. I, all these different questions that end okay. up kind of coming into my my mind with that. But saying Sabbath is celebration, allow myself to celebrate, it has been helpful. But why why was I thinking the other before? I that's a very good question. I'm not sure why you were thinking what you're. Can I answer another question? Well, yeah, sure. I think. What we struggle to recognize is um, that I'm going to tell a story to answer answer the question. I think it's getting there. Great. So um, in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments show up twice, once in Exodus, once in Deuteronomy. And in Exodus, the Sabbath command is in there. It says, on the seventh day you shall rest. None of you are working. Not you, not your slaves. You know, it's, all, it's a very long command. It's the longest of all of them by far. And the, the connection there with in Exodus is you should do this because God rested on the seventh day. So it's pointing back to creation. Right. Okay. Most of us kind of kind of get that. The second time it shows up in Deuteronomy, this is where I think it's really relevant for us as Americans. Uh, the second time the command comes, it's all identical. You should stop you, your your workers, your, you know, anybody in your household, all of them not working because, and then he doesn't look to creation. He points to Egypt. He says, because you were slaves and now you're not. Hmm. And so there's something fundamental about that that says you are not defined by your identity as, in their case, literal slaves being owned by other people. And that's that's the part I think that can resonate most with us as Americans that we miss. 
And it's, oh, when I, when I'm choosing to just keep going and going and going, I'm enslaving myself to this work, this idea that my identity comes from the things that I do. Mm. And that, that I think is in our minds, the biggest piece that we need to, to like grapple with and the biggest promise to Sabbath. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? No, absolutely. And I, I feel like it is, it's helpful for thinking about Sabbath as, um, uh, um, I, in my mind right now, I have the book title "Sabbath is Resistance," but what I'm trying right. to say is Walter Brueggemann. Sabbath is um, yeah. Sabbath is medication. Sabbath it's it is it's something for us that we need. I personally need it in order to, because I very much feel and let's you know not have this be a counseling session for me, but I very much feel an identification with to, yeah. what I produce and what I do. Yes, and and so that the Deuteronomy passage there is saying, hey, you need to stop. Everybody, stop this, stop this, that, because you're not what you do. Mm-hmm. You're God's creation. You're like you are like be with. You, is that, that that is very helpful for me in a therapeutic kind of way to what I feel like my day in and day out feels like, and to what was happening when I started locking that uh, legal pad away. Yeah, I don't know if it. I think it suggests some pragmatic applications, but it is more on like the mental side. Like, oh, this is what's happening when I. When I grind seven days a week, which is why we, I haven't read this phrase specifically, but I think a lot of these Sabbath writers, you mentioned Walter Brueggemann's yep. title, you have folks like um, Matthew Sleeth or Mark Buchanan, they all kind of say in one way or another, what we're saying is that Sabbath is celebration. If you are not actually in bondage and God offers you a chance to, to stop and delight in the fact that he's redeemed you, you're his, he's given you great grace, like we, we should... Uh, I think John Mark Comer said it's an opportunity to to feel like Christmas morning, like and why why don't we we do it? So I have some questions. Yes, we're here for it. It's I, it's about balance, I think. And my question is, how do we make the balance happen? Because surely Sabbath is more than a feeling and an experience, mm. but it's also not something that is so formulaic that it could become legalistic really quickly. That's a good point. So how do we? You know, do we have a stance on what day you do Sabbath? Does it have to be sunset to sun? Yeah, same you know? question. Like, yeah. Next, yeah. Like how do we do that without it? The sunset to sundown. Yeah, is the meal a part of it? Like what? What's the? What are the essential components? If we're making it easier than you think, we've got to. Yeah, what day? <laughs> some people have some very very strict answers to that question. I'm a little bit more more loosey goosey. I mean, part of it is like I work at a church, so mm. if I'm going to try to insist that Sunday is Sabbath, like many Christians do in practice, then that means that I'm breaking the Sabbath by doing some of the things that I'm supposed to do as a pastor. It just, yeah. people who work in ministry have to recognize that they need to shift that some. Right. That, that's a generally assumed kind of flexibility. And so I, I think given work in the 21st century, there should be that kind of flexibility. It'd be weird to do Sabbath on like a Wednesday, hmm. but Well, so I, that, that was going to so. be kind of my follow-up to that is like, um, is there... You know, the the Amy said sun up to sun down. I, I find that I am much better at Sabbathing if I can I don't know if I can if it's allowed to use the word in like a daily sense, but like I have noticed I have I am better when I get home after clicking all the different boxes on my computer and closing everything else like Amy does. When I get to that place in the day where I'm engaging with my girls, it is much easier for me to, I would say, to use that word, to celebrate, to be engaged yep. there and to not be 
working, to not be toiling, to not be trying to get ahead, but to just fully be experiencing life with them. I'm, I have gotten better, and I think I'm pretty decent at doing that on a daily basis with them, probably from about five to eight. Yeah. And th- but I'm not super great on the weekend, and I'm trying to figure out if it's just because I don't, I'm not, if I don't have something that my mind is engaged on in terms of that celebration, my mind just very naturally goes to, what can I do? What can I get ahead on? What's the next thing? Yeah. What's the next? Like it just that engine of my brain just kind of like clicks. I'm good daily. I'm not good on the week. Do I need to go for the weekend, Chris? You should have a weekly rhythm. But I do it daily. Isn't that better? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the doing the truer and better Sabbath. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> Jesus is the truer and better Sabbath. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's, got him. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna go there, I think a daily, a daily thing is great. And given you know, the Sabbath command was given in a, a in a society that moves slower, you know, so the idea mm-hmm. of working six days and taking one off maybe fits more of an agrarian rhythm. It doesn't completely. It's still kind of bananas because there's always work to do on a farm. But um, our work has a very daily rhythm to it, so I think it's very healthy to have a daily, if you want to call it that, a daily Sabbath. I mean, another question. You say, like, work six days, rest one. A lot of people, right, yeah, which makes sense. A lot of people, like myself, work five days and are off of work for two. Does that mean I'm having two Sabbaths? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had to try. (laughs) If one Sabbath is good, are two Sabbaths better? We have have a similar rhythm, but we, I I, I try to, and our our timeline is not sun up to sundown, and I really am reminded by and like the idea of the adding a meal back in somehow we typically will find a a moment on Saturday afternoon not in the afternoon I meant literally after after 12 12. (laughs) where where I'm I'm stopping trying to get ahead on the things that will make next week easier that's where we've kind of landed on that and we stop trying to get ahead I try to celebrate um, engage in things that are like freeing and fun for me including my family as much as possible. We will attend church on Sunday if we're in town. And then after church, we're, we're back to getting ready for the week. That's the, that's the cadence that we have established. It's not the sun up, sun down, but it is, it's, that's how we take the two days, but we're still finding that time to kind of, to call it, well, call it Sabbath and, and name it what it is. Is that okay? (laughs) <laughs> Chris, we're, we're, yeah, we're, I like how you guys are using me as your right? uh, spiritual yeah. authority on this. Yeah, when I'm, I, I feel it's like the I'm whole in the same premise of good kind. Yeah, so. well, I think I probably know the Bible a little better than you guys. I'm not sure I am your spiritual guide. Um, we can assess that later. So, Amy, I want to come back to yours. I'm going to challenge the premise that you have two days where you're not working at all because I'm yeah. guessing your weekends are not complete leisure or all full of play or like or rest. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's so nebulous. It's hard to say. Yeah. So I think which we're back to the part of like why why it's hard in order to call it what it is. Everybody wants to do it. But but calling it something, it really matters. I have a three year old. So I'm pretty I'm actually pretty tired. Different as well. At the end of the weekend, I'd like to go back to work. Yes. Sit down. Yes. I often feel this on Monday mornings. This is a moment for me to be in silence again, because Mm -hmm. with kids, it's not not so much. Um. So when you have kids, that means that work doesn't stop. You can't just lay it aside. You have to take care of your children. When um, 
like most of us, you're doing a lot of work that you're not being paid for on right. any given day or any given week. Right. That's why in my head I've started saying getting ahead for the next. Yeah. It's like when I feel like I'm getting ahead, I, that's how I categorize things that I don't want to try to do on a Sabbath. Yeah. So you're looking at like, you know, uh, laundry or cooking meals, like housework, yeah. chores. Family administration. <clears throat> yes. All that stuff, planning. Checkbook meetings. Yeah. Which are <laughs> all of which, again, you know, Sabbath is not saying that work is bad and we need to right. rest as much as possible. It's It was in the rhythm of creation. God worked. Work is very good. And rest is also very good. So you have like leaving space for those things. I think the more you can make it a rhythm, have a clear start time, have a clear end time, and have protected space, that is the closest we get to like the spirit of the Sabbath. Right. And both so, daily and weekly. Yeah. And so we're getting close here to having an understand at least putting on the wall what we think Sabbath is. I want to learn from that a little bit, but we don't come to this conversation with no work already put in, right? We have the Sabbath box that we've we've created. Right. So give us that language, Chris, that you wrote. Like what's the it's uh it one side of the box says Create and cultivate. Because that is that is the way that we take after God's image. This is what he did the first six days of creation. He created things out of out of nothing. And then he didn't just make things. He didn't just create. He also cultivated an environment. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's still good. The home cultivating, the work cultivating, all that is still good. We're still living in God's image and doing that. But then that's right. the, the way the Sabbath box works is you then flip it. Mm-hmm. And on the backside, uh, it says stop, stop it and, and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So we stop all of our good work and we enjoy all of God's good works. Uh, yes. Which includes other people, which so includes enjoy, nature, which includes worship. Enjoy is the word you're using there for celebration. Mm-hmm. So you're enjoying all the, in, enjoying him and the things that he's given us. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create and cultivate, cultivate during the week. Yep. We're stopping and enjoying is the language, the simple language we use to talk about shifting to a mindset of celebration on uh, a Sabbath specifically. Um, so, but the, I think the question then is there is a lot with Sabbath because people talk about it a lot. People suggest it a lot. What are some expectations that we need to get rid of? And what are some experiences mm-hmm. or stories that we have heard that we can learn from in terms of making this a little bit easier to get going with? So what are expectations that we need to get rid of? And what are some, some stories or some experiences that we can, can learn from? Uh, this is a tricky one. So here's an expectation I think that is healthy for us to lay aside, and that is that you, the only allowable things to do on a Sabbath are like overtly spiritual things. Ooh, that's Got a good it. One. Um, why I say this is tricky is I do think corporate worship ought to be a part of a true a, a real Sabbath practice. Okay. Yeah. So timing the Sabbath to to be whenever you go to church I think is is wisest. Yeah. Um, but I, particularly in college, got this concept that like, well, to, to really do Sabbath right, you would only be doing like really Christian-y things. Mm-hmm. Right. And and anything that wasn't that, so like if I was just playing guitar, or going for a walk or you know, whatever, like those things were bad. They were a distraction from real Sabbath. I needed to only mm-hmm. be reading my Bible yeah. and praying, essentially. And while those, I think those are anchors of Sabbath, those are not the entirety of it. So I think a lot of us have that expectation that what you're going to do on Sabbath is very holy, mm. very spiritual things only. And I want to say we we got to give, give ourselves permission to have that be a part of and not the whole of Sabbath. Yeah, I, I yeah. think there's something similar that I, w- I was going to say in terms of an expectation that we need to let go of. It's very similar, and it's that Sabbath is not sitting in a dark room. Uh, I, <laughs> Sabbath is not nothing. Mm. Sabbath is something. 
right? So it's not just the removal. It's of not XYZ. just the removal, right? A, yeah. God in creation on the seventh day, it didn't go back to nothingness. Yeah, that's a right? good point. Exactly. It, so it's not, I, but I feel like in my mind, it was like it, maybe not even necessarily spirit, have to do spiritual things, but just like have to do nothing. Yeah. Stop. So I got to Full the place that like Sabbath is something, which is part of my, mm-hmm. why I was saying I'm a little bit better at it daily and going into a vast amount of enjoyment for, for the, the evening hours with my family. And I, I'm just, I need to get into a better place. I'm trying to cultivate and get into a better rhythm of launching into that enjoyment yeah. on a Sabbath and not just it being something that I, or not just think, okay, Sabbath has started. All right, just don't do anything, you know? Yeah. I think that's an expectation that I've really had to, to let, let go of. I think for me, it's setting aside the expectation that it needs to be really serious yeah, like, yeah, I think that's very related. Sim- yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when the early days of COVID, when our church was not meeting in person, we also had a newborn, and so we would do worship at home, uh-huh. and that like kind of lent itself to be pretty serious. The baby would sleep, and we would sing and <laughs> right. pray and worship, and I think somehow I got that because it was happening in our home. I got that tangled up with what Sabbath sh- Sabbath should look like. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. And now. I don't know how to replicate that. And I don't know that I should be trying to replicate that. It's a different thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's something, you know, it's like you said, related to what you guys said, but it's not, it's not serious. Children can be involved and should be involved. It should be fun. And this is why I, I think it's good to talk through the expectations because otherwise what will happen if you're a young parent is you will start to resent your kids for getting yeah. in the way of the Sabbath that you're owed, which is really unhealthy. And it's like what your five year old, your five year old is going to present some joys and some difficulties, but your five year old is not the problem that that you have to get rid of to really obey and follow God. And I want to make sure that we know that as as parents that because otherwise, you know, like I said, it, it cultivates resentment in all the wrong ways and play like you mentioned, Amy can be part of the way we get around that and recognize, mm-hmm. okay, Eugene Peterson said, pray and play. Those are the two elements of Sabbath to him is you, you stop to pray and to play. Well, that, but that, uh, all of that resetting is actually really helpful because I have read and I think there is an appropriate encouragement to people with young kids, particularly if they are the kid, the, the home life is their work. Right, right. That a shifting in that is necessary. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of resources out there. I'm not going to try to like make guesses as to what that shift might look like of, of if homework is your, is your daily life. How does that shift during a Sabbath to not be getting ahead in that? Mm-hmm. I think that there are resources out there that can point to that. But I, and I think there are also, when you have young kids, there's an opportunity to have grownups be shifting responsibilities during the time to have a little bit of time that is a little bit more quiet, reflective, restful yeah. in a different kind of way. But it's really helpful, Chris, to hear you say that that play um, with kids is a part of that. That's not the problem. Um, if it is, if it feels like toil, if there's toil in it, then it might be. But but playing with kids in and of itself is not is not the problem. I I think that there are because of the cadences of a lot of people's work, there are a lot of things to already be built on. Um, my friend uh, Andrew Brown. Uh, lives in uh, Garner, North Carolina. Don't know why I needed to say that. I'm not going to give his address right now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, details. he lives close. Yeah, yeah, What's he look like? What's he's he wearing a friend. right now? He has a beard. 
He's in public oh, he service. He's an attorney. He's great. Um, he uh, <laughs> he really is. But yeah, um, their family. Um, I get this story wrong sometimes, but I'm going to go aggressive with it. I think there is wow. a common occurrence for his family to eat ice cream before dinner on Fridays. Apparently, I said that aggressively one time, and he said, that's ah, not really how it happens. We awesome. sometimes do that. We're going to say he does it every week. Yeah. That's a great opportunity in terms of launching into marking it, right? Marking mm-hmm. it and launching into a Sabbath. But they weren't calling that Sabbath, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's an opportunity to be taken advantage of. So let's take the ice cream before dinner piece away from it. Tons and tons and tons of families do pizza and movie night on like a Friday night Friday or a Saturday night, night or something yep. like that. I think that is a great opportunity to put a marker in place and say, hey, how do we take this thing that we're already doing yes. and incorporate that in? I think that's one of the experiences that we can learn from is we're already resting in some way. You got tired from the week and you shut it down. You know, yeah. how do we take that and make it spiritual or because that's like an internal desire that is happening in us that if we like follow that and we give it a little attention and intentionality to it, then we're already we're, we're going to benefit for something that's already happening, not having to recreate the will. Yeah, I love that because I think it's so freeing when you realize that you're not adding things to a to do list. Mm-hmm. If anything, you're just reor- reordering how you do things that you're already doing. Like mm-hmm. there so many people have so many elements of Sabbath already in place. They just might be scattered throughout a weekend or scattered throughout time off. At least that was the case for us. And so, you know, when we were actually starting to name a Sabbath practice and trying to be more serious about it, at first I was really overwhelmed, but then I realized, oh, we do the Friday thing. After I close out all my tabs, we have a Friday dinner. It feels very celebratory entering into a time of rest. We just never called it a Sabbath. Yeah. Um, And so I think... I don't know, as an encouragement, that right. is really, really freeing. Well, so here's yeah. here's another thing that I thought of, an experience that we can learn from. It, so there's take advantage of what you're already doing that kind of is a marker. I also think there are some technology things you can do mm-hmm. to help you by using the technology things to remove technology a little bit. Yeah. I think we have a little bit of a fraught relationship with technology as it relates yeah. to work, busyness, yes. rest. It's very hard to rest if in technology, even if the yep. technology itself has not worked. So- I thought about this because have you ever had a refrigerator or been to someone's house who has a refrigerator that has a Sabbath setting? No. You know I've this seen exists? one in a Lowe's. Yeah. So this is, to go back, Lottie probably has questions about this because I think it's a it's a Jewish feature. Right. Because, the yep. yeah, I can anticipate, so, but go ahead. Yeah. So I believe, never used it, but I believe how it works is the refrigerator goes into either like a low power or a no power mode during a Sabbath, something uh-huh. like that. I mean, this is a very kind of intentional way of thinking about like I'm not using anything yeah but I think maybe is it Andy Crouch or something like does like minimal lights and candles and like kind of tries to take everything down I'm not advocating for all of that I think where I'm trying to get is I'm really fascinated with this do not disturb thing on our phones now Uh, okay yeah and you can schedule it so you can schedule and there are a couple of features that you can kind of let some pieces of your phone be used on a regular basis, I think you could take the stab at maybe not having your phone at all on a Sabbath, but a, an initial way to launch into it, have a do not disturb feature or a, a kind of have your phone black out many of your apps other than maybe your phone, the actual calling feature of it. I think you could use technology in order to set yourself up. Um, you can use one of those plugins behind your TV if you don't want to use your TV, which you can use your TV on your Sabbath. I'm just saying there are mm-hmm. different things you can do to turn things off that you don't want to use that are automatic that bring you into it. You got to market, but also you can be smart about it a little bit in terms of what you're using. That's something we can learn from. 
Yeah. I, I like the experience of, um, of building on what's already there. Uh, in our household, Jen is way better about rest than I am. Um, and it can sound like I'm trying to say that I work hard and she's lazy, which is not the case. She works very hard, <laughs> but I, I just, I will do this thing of just, I'm just endlessly moving and not actually getting more done, but I have a hard time stopping and just, mm-hmm. just stop, sit down. Don't be, you know, whatever your idea of productive for the next 10 minutes, don't do that. And so from the time our kids were little, we had rest time, you know, mid afternoon every day. Now it's just weekends with our kids home and we've kept it even though they don't nap anymore. Uh, but like Jen pioneered, she pioneered it in our house. It's not like she invented it. Um, she pioneered this, and I find that to be an experience that's very healthy and and very helpful. To say, okay, this it has a start time, it has a stop time. We give it a name. We call it rest time. It's it's a it's assumed at this point. Oh yeah, you're just gonna do it. How you fill that space is pretty variable. There's some reading, um, laying down, playing with toys, but it's like. And we, we have a refrain with it. We're like, this is a time for you to oh, that's neat. be alone. This is a time for you to be creative. And so because we've had to do this with our kids a thousand times, absolutely, we have language for it and we have like kind of key principles for why we do it, which, you mm-hmm. know, if our kids resist at this point, they can answer the question of why they have to do this. And they're like, I know, I know this is a time for me to blah, 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 blah. But that's the sort of experience I like building on. So I have a quick story. it's a combination of an experience that I need to learn from, but also an expectation to let go of. Uh, When I was in middle school, high school, um, I was very into dance. I danced at our local studio all the time, like 20 hours a week when I was in high school. Like ballet or tap or what were we dealing with? All of the above. Oh, actually I let go of tap pretty young, but a lot of ballet, a lot of jazz. Um, And my favorite, (laughs) We're doing jazz hands. The jazz hands, I truly wish. <laughs> Sorry, all this of is a great see. story. We're we're breaking you up. I, I would do ballet for you. Amy was dancing. How, so. Go. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, no pirouettes, Chris. Please. Um, no promises. So I loved it, and our audition-only like extra kind of dance group rehearsed on Sundays um, for our, our bigger performances. And it was also around that time, high school, where I started getting really serious about my faith and trying to go to church on my own trying to just really internalize that and make my faith my own. And somebody at the church I was going to legitimately told me that I needed to have a Sabbath if I mm-hmm. was serious about my faith. And that meant I needed to quit dance and that I couldn't go on Sundays anymore. Ooh. And so ever since she told me that, I like really don't want to have Sabbath. Like because Sabbath felt uh, like something that was being taken from me. Uh, something, rather than something given to you. Exactly. And so that's kind wow. of a really hard thing that I still wrestle with just this passing comment from this random old lady at church who meant well, but like it really deeply ingrained in my expectations that God wanted Sabbath from me, not for me. Oh yeah. And so I'm still like wrestling with that trying to figure out what that is. Um, but well, that's, is, I'm trying is, to let it go. Yeah. And it is a situation oh. where like there is, there is something required. There is like a weight, a, a kind of guidance. And we've talked about a number of those different things, but guidance on what that should look like, right? Your donkey shouldn't be working. You know, like there, there mm-hmm. are different things that give us that guidance, but it is something that God gives like for our good. Um, 
And yeah, I think that probably that story, while I wasn't dancing or a lot of people listening might not have had that specific kind of instruction. I think there's a lot of people that will feel that way, that it feels like something is being taken from us rather than it being a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it should be more of a gift, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tension because there's, there's a definite, um, there need to be definite boundaries yeah. for us, especially now because Sabbath, you know, Sabbath used to be kind of, um, part of the American infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people were stopping to like worship God every, but you know, things closed down on Sunday and there was a rhythm that, that is not as, you know, uh, even the USPS is delivering on Sundays and like right. commerce doesn't stop that, that we are a 24 seven society Chick-fil-A now. Does. Chick-fil-A does. And you know, you find these pockets they're not just them. There are a number of businesses that yeah, try yeah. to like multiply this idea. But I, I do think that is the one side we do need some kind of boundary because our society is not going to do us any favors here. Right. But on the other if we create the boundary in such a way that it feels like all that God is interested in on this day is like making us stop having fun, right? Or we, then we, we we missed it. Then something is wrong. Yeah. yeah. So so there's and there are tons and tons of resources out there. We we've we've commented on a couple of the different expectations, the experiences that are that we're we're learning from or we need to get rid of. There's there's so much that you can do sun up to sundown with a meal and a candle and oh, yeah, lower candles, technology. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things that you can do, but to fulfill our promise, like what is the way of making it easier than we think we need to? What is the starting point? Chris, can you give us like a, give us a, just one or two things that would be really helpful for us being able to at least get started. Yeah. And like we were saying over 30 years, be in a different place in the future, but what can I do this weekend? Yeah. I think with any spiritual practice to ask, how can we start this in five minutes? What does this, the five minute version of this look like is a great starting point. Now, Sabbath is a day. Right. It is not a five minute thing that <laughs> you check off. You're like, great, I'm done. Let me get back to my email. Right. But here, here's how I would frame it in five minutes. We've already hit it on a few of these. Um, there's, I would, I would give two pieces of what, advice. One, be really intentional about marking the beginning and marking the end of your Sabbath. Okay. Yes. So it's it's about creating the boundaries and like being crisp with them. So whatever it is Taking you do, a walk, turning off the yeah the meal, lighting or something a candle, like that. having a meal, something where it's it's distinct, it's different. Probably better if it's physical and tactile in some way, right? right? And then be really clear about when that starts. Be really clear about when that ends. That would be number one. And then number two would be to start using the word Sabbath for Language. this period of time. Yes, mm-hmm. because a lot of us have rhythms of rest. And if we can start incorporating the word Sabbath, that sparks the sorts of questions and we're going to have conversations. What what does that mean? Why do we do this? And it gets you, it nudges you towards the spiritual element of a weekly rest rhythm. So so that, that piece is helpful because it, it gives us a way to jump in now, begin really small, but, but the, the language piece there I do think is particularly important because it, it makes it spiritual. It brings God. God's the one who does the work in us. That's right. We're giving him space. We're engaging with him on a Sabbath. And then, but by calling it a Sabbath, it, it allows it, that, it, that attention to be paid to the spiritual aspect of it. And that's the important piece to get the compound interest. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's a benefit for stopping, but, it, but it's actually engaging with God in the spiritual aspect of it that gives me the confidence to say, yeah, 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 you do that. 30 years from now, it'll, it'll look very different because you can continue to scale that up. But this starting point, we have confidence in because of what God's going to do over the, the long term. Chris, give us a challenge for the grownups. 
what we do like that's that the whole family can do that. Is there anything that the grownups need to be particularly considering? Yeah, I think anybody who's serious about Sabbath who's listened to us for this long has probably been yet screaming at us the one thing that needs to happen. And so mm-hmm. I'll just say it for all of you who haven't have been saying like, how have they not said this yet? And it's you got to deal with your phone. Yeah, you got you to put your phone away, turn it off, put it, like whatever it is that needs to happen so that this thing is physically not in your space and has no way of reaching you. Now, to do that for 24 hours, I recognize is very hard. Yeah, make that easier than we think it so is. So <laughs> I would say start with two hours, you know. Presumably every night you're not on your phone while you're sleeping, even if you keep it on next to the bed. Yep. So you know it's possible to go at least two hours a stretch of time without the world falling apart, without you being on your phone. So start with that. When you go to, say, for instance, you're headed to church, turn it off when you get there and don't turn it on until after lunch. That's two hours. Like you've started it there. So you can do that. Um, And I I think that's, it may feel, it might sound like we're telling you not to dance on Sundays because you're like, (laughs) I just love this thing. There's so many fun things to do. And that's right. The phone is not the devil, but I think that's a crisp boundary that'll, that'll help us. I like two hours, two hours. I started Mm -hmm. that with an evening. So like at, at a meal Uh and then through, through nighttime. Cause I mean, cause there's a lot of ways to like enjoy and engage. I've already said I'm good at that daily. daily I think it's a good, good, that was a place that I started, but I like the challenge for the Sunday as well. And you can always grow from there. Like I I think if you do that and you recognize I didn't miss anything, first of all, you you get sad about the fact that you're not as neat as you you thought you were. (laughs) But then once you get over that, you recognize that ah, there was something freeing about that. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do three hours next Sunday or whatever. And I think each of us, like on a very practical note, um, we each have a different way of doing this. Absolutely. Right? There are we different need to do it differently. mechanisms for how you break up with your phone. Right. So I'm curious, how do you all do it? Because Clayton, you like the apps that turn off at a t- yeah, certain the nati- time. Yeah, I like the native app that makes shuts down all the other apps and makes my phone a dumb phone at certain times of the day. I have not yet applied that to uh, Sabbath. It's more of the daily rhythm, but I'm, yeah. that's what I appreciate. I lock my phone in my car. Chris, what do you do? <laughs> Mine's close to yours, Amy, where I'll um I'll put it somewhere else in the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like if I it feels weird yeah. to like leave the house without my phone. But I'm like this is you know, I know how to get where I'm going. Yep. There are, if there's a true emergency, there are plenty of people around with a phone. Right. <laughs> I can access nine one one. So yeah. All right. So so here's the here's how you make Sabbath easier than you think and just get started. You mark the beginning and the end. Use the word Sabbath, and for the grown-ups out there, try to begin doing something for getting rid of your phone. And we believe that over the long term, God has Sabbath for us. Um, but thank you for starting with us today. Maybe you've been with us for a while, or maybe you are new. We'd love for you to subscribe. What we do throughout the year is we try to talk about spiritual practice and month by month what things feel like so that you can have a meaningful moment in your home engaging with God and the people that God has given you. Hopefully you can do that this week with Sabbath. Hopefully you'll continue to do that with us on the podcast. But for this time, thank you for joining us on the Good Kind Podcast. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Good Kind Podcast. We hope you leave feeling more equipped to engage with God and one another in your habits and holiday practices. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, like, and comment. We're excited to share more content with you soon. Don't forget, you can find us online at www.goodkind.shop. Thanks for listening and see you next time on the Good Kind Podcast.